I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Sinanta Walker here, and I'm so excited. I really want you to stay on and listen, even if you're tuning in to, you know, hear one of our Empowered Empath shows or Dr. Paul Meyer, one of your favorites. We have to give a shout out to these people because they so believe in what we are doing. They were the first sponsors of our network. We love these guys. They do so much in the business part of mental health and they have a really interesting story that, you know, it's, it's an underdog story and that resonates with all of us in mental health. So I want you to please welcome my friend, Dan Callahan, who is one of the founders of an amazing software company in addiction treatment and mental health called Zen charts. Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Kristen. I'm uh, really happy to be here. So we have a great story that we're going to, actually, it's not a story, it's fact (laughs) that we're going to talk about (laughs) on this show. It's a journey, and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this, but first tell our listeners, you know, a little bit about your background. Okay, well, uh, currently I uh, consider myself a social entrepreneur, and uh, my background really started in 1983 as a uh, human service professional. I started in as a childcare worker. Um, let me see, 83, I was 23 years old. So I get, I get that whole community spirit thing from my parents. Uh, both of my parents were volunteer fire people. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad, uh, when he died, was just under 60 years in the volunteer fire department. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, we just believed, they believed, and it, it was instilled in us, uh, I have uh, a brother and two sisters, to uh, to really support the community. And um, uh, my mom to this day still does it, and my brother is, my brother's still, uh, he's a police officer and a uh, uh, volunteer fireman to this day. Wow. So, and now you're someone who's written books. I've read them. They're amazing. They're so vulnerable. And so you're so open about your struggles. So tell a bit, you know, our listeners a little bit about why you ventured into the addiction treatment field in mental health. 
Yeah, it was actually, uh, it was a bit of a journey. Um, I, you know, when I was a teenager drinking and drugging, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, um, really more the 70s for me, I'm uh, 58. So um, in the 70s, I started using when I was 11. So 71, mm. I started to, um, and, and I wasn't even drinking. That was the first time I started smoking uh, pot. And uh, it, it progressed pretty rapidly. By the time I was 19, I had been arrested several times and um, really, really, you know, put my family and, and, uh, and myself in a jam. Um, by 20 years old, I ended up in prison for um, attempted robbery. Um, I got out in 1983, and that's when I started to work in human service. I knew when I was in jail that um that there was a better way and i knew that i needed to uh to make some changes in my life and it took me a while in 83 i stopped um you know i really focused on the drugs i thought it was just the drugs and um i dabbled uh back and forth till 1988 with uh drinking um and then finally in 88 i was just completely done uh i'm part of a mutual support group and uh, it took a little bit of time, but I went, I went back to school. I got my uh, college degree, my bachelor's in 92, and my master's in social work in 97. So um, I guess that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a journey. And that's such a, that's, you know, so common in the addiction treatment world. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, it's, it's, one of the most difficult and challenging in terms of trying to run a business in that field, but it's also the most forgiving because, you know, <laughs> the best counselors out there are the ones who have been through all of what you're talking about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, really, uh, I'll call it my formative years in, as a social worker, I spent most of the beginning. So from 92 up until early 2000s, mid 2000s, uh, like 2004, 2005, my work was primarily in mental health uh, with people that had co-occurring disorders. So back then they called it MICA, mental illness, chemical abuser. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was serious and persistent mental illness. And, um, and I did that, I really did that intentionally. I didn't want to be that guy that uh, became a counselor and I, I really felt like I felt pulled to the field of social work, but I didn't want to, um, you know, I, I had a lot of issues myself and, and, it, and it really takes time. So, uh, to overcome these things. So. Right. And now what do you mean by that guy? Well, you know, a lot of times, um, and I think that's the biggest, uh, challenge, not the biggest challenge, but the biggest fault put on our industry today is um you know the guy gets sober a year or two he's all of a sudden he's a counselor right. uh, or a gal you know um back when i well, actually when i got sober uh you had to in order to become a uh, you know to become a professional you had to have three years clean and sober before you could even go to school today you know kids are uh going to school six months into their right. recovery so um, it's a bit of a knock and I just, I, you know, back then I, re I kind of reflected on it and I thought I, I would prefer to be, um, I prefer to be 
maybe outside of that genre. Mm, so you you went into the mental health side of things, which at that time, mental health and addiction were looked upon as completely separate things. I mean, now we oh, know, of yeah. course, that it's the yeah. same same thing, but yeah. for a long time. I mean, even up until a couple of years ago, I would, you know, interview someone that ran a treatment center and they'd say, well, why would I be on a mental health show? I run an addiction treatment center. And no one would ever say that today, thank goodness, because of the right. education. That's but those correct. two things yeah. were, were very, very separated. And even, you know, many of our podcasters on the network um, that, you know, are former addicts are in recovery and they're doing their own shows. They talk about how a lot of times in AA back in the day and not today, of course, but they couldn't even say, Hey, I have bipolar disorder and I take medication yeah. for that because they would have been kicked out of the meetings. Yeah. Yeah. I, re I really feel blessed in that. I was um, uh, trained, schooled, so to speak. Uh, and, and a real and a real mental health movement. A um, um, so I worked at a place called Hands Across Long Island, which was a uh, consumer-run agency. So from top to down, the board, everyone, more than ninety percent of the people that worked uh, at Hands Across Long Island were consumers of mental health services themselves. And uh, prior to that, I worked with a woman named Diane Johnson, who uh, to me still uh, was the greatest supervisor I ever had. Uh, she understood, um, she understood people and she understood, um, for lack of a better term, this disease of mental, of mental illness. And she was, she was an empowerment person to the, to the end. And she, she really, um, I think she shaped my journey in a big way, uh, especially uh, uh, professionally. So um, I'm blessed that I was a part of, in New York, a part of attempting to really bring together addiction treatment and mental health treatment as a whole. I, I, you know, it's really not there yet, to be honest. Right. But... Uh, you know, but it's come a long way. I mean, it's better. Uh, but it, yeah, you're right. It's it better. is so not there yet. <laughs> a lot further exactly. to go. <laughs> exactly. So I was reading the article this morning on, um, uh, you know, mental illness and stigma. It was in USA Today. And um, uh, Patrick Kennedy was saying, we still need to work on parity. We still need to enforce parity laws. And, you know, we can't we can't get by, you know, simple things like this. And, and I get it. Uh, if you, if you really think about it, even on our side, um, and what I mean by our side on the mental health side, we're still distinguishing between medical and us. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like we want our cake and we want to eat it too. So, right. so there's a long road to hoe. Um, but, I, I think we've made uh, some pretty decent progress. We're getting there. I mean, one of the things I was just on a, I'm on a weekly um, news show. I know you know about this and some of our, some of our listeners do. I don't know that I've mentioned it often, but there's a show I'm on that has an audience of 42 million households tuning into the show. And I'm on every week. I'm very, very grateful that I get to come on and do eight minute segments about mental health and addiction on uh, which I, I still have to say mental health and addiction. So people hear mm -hmm. what I'm saying, 
but I know that the reality is when I say mental health, that includes addiction. So I just want listeners to know that I say that purposely because not everybody understands that it's the same thing. So I feel like I have to keep making that distinction too. But um, they asked me, you know, to talk about towards the end of the year, I just was on this week about, you know, what my top five um, beliefs are around what were the big stories for this year. And one of them was that we're finally starting to have things like, you know, the movie A Star is Born that came out that Bradley Cooper just did with Lady Gaga. And it really, you know, I'm not celebritizing here. I'm just saying anytime people with that big of a following that have that much influence out there do something in a very public way where they talk about what addiction really is, what mental health really is about, it helps move our society forward. It just does. And that's why yep. it's so important to um, to talk about the ones that do it in the right way. And this movie was incredible. I mean, it really talked about how addiction is a lifelong issue, that it is a disease, that it wasn't his fault. I mean, there were so many things that were said in the movie that I thought, oh, thank God, thank God, because yep. this is going to reach the masses in a way that people like you and I, you know, we try our hardest, but, you know, we're not Bradley Cooper or Lady Gaga. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you've worked in and out of, um, you know, treatment centers and mental health facilities for a long time, and you do you know, that you do your work there in different ways now, but you also got into the field of technology and mental health. So what was, you know, the impetus for you going in that direction? Well, that's, that's a great question. I, um, one of the things about me as a human being is, uh, even though I'm 58, I, I see the value in technology and I was always intrigued with it. I remember, uh, I used to listen to, uh, a shock jock called, um, oh, what the heck was his name? I miss in the morning. And um, I in, remember in him, grade, yeah. You remember? Mm -hmm. In sixth grade, my sixth grade teacher loved this guy. And he used to talk about him all the time. And so uh, as I grew up, I started listening to him. And uh, it was funny, but um, one of the things I heard him talking about, and this is uh, in the 90s, I heard him uh, speaking about this thing called the internet and how to get on. And he explained how to get on <laughs> and they did this whole show. And, uh, and I had a computer, I was kind of poor. So, but I had a computer that was given to me from somebody and, and I was trying to get that thing to work, but I never could figure it out. But uh, I, something inside of me said that this thing could really be big and really be big. And as a social worker, as a, uh, you know, most of my work early on was as you know, doing case management work, which is nothing but paperwork. Right. And, there was um, no computer I, helping you type no, that stuff. Up. <laughs> I had a type. I had a typewriter. I started with a typewriter that remembered uh, phrases. It was like an old Corona mm -hmm. um, electric typewriter, and it saved. You know, you could save stuff in it, and and then I got a word processor that uh, was a little bit better. Um, and I knew, like, I couldn't type well, but I liked what that I liked what that was offering me. So, uh, fast forward, you know, I had always thought to myself that this could be something big for us, um, as you know, we're people, people. We're not, you know, we're not paper people. We're people, people. Right. 
and we get pulled to our field because we are people people and then we get stuck doing nothing but paperwork so um i i had uh um, when i was working at hands Cross long island i was the program director and um and the executive director called me in one day and said we gotta the state wants us to use this product and uh we're gonna we're gonna bring it in bring the guy in and you know i looked at it and i was like overwhelmed and the thing was really clunky I, I, it was it was tough to figure out. People were freaking out about it. But I remember thinking, if anyone could ever do something like this correct, if anybody can make this thing easier, this this could be big. And fast forward to uh, I owned a treatment center in um, in Florida, and um, we were looking for a uh, we were looking to to you know for a service because now. Uh, electronic health records or medical records was starting to really uh, develop, mm-hmm. and uh, we brought a we brought a company in that um, uh, kind of dropped the ball. They were they were quite frankly their customer service was horrible. They were uh, patronizing, uh, you know, condescending, and and the thing was clunky. So uh, took a little bit, but we got rid of them, and. Uh, uh, my son uh, decided to to build one himself. Uh, you know, we have a we have a team of of people already in place because my son is a tech guy, and we, um, you know, we kind of drew it out on this, on this. We had a warehouse at the time, and we drew it out on a whiteboard. And um, it's funny. I just saw the pictures of this whiteboard. I'll <laughs> I'll actually send them to you. They're really cool. Yeah, like I, love to see them. We, we, we never, like, we were like one day going, where are those pictures? Didn't we take pictures of all that? <laughs> and uh, the other day, someone said, hey, you know, I got these pictures. I was like, wow, that's awesome. So, that's so anyway, all that talk to say, um, I got a rash with another company. And, um, and now we're just kind of totally, we dominate the field. We, um, you know, they think they're our competitors. They're... They're, they're following us and that's good. We're really yeah. happy about that because it's, it's really expanded. Um, it's expanded the product, not only our product, but their products and, and uh, some of the other newcomers on, in the, on the scene. We're really pushing people to do more than just have an electronic filing cap. So yeah, and that's, it's exciting. That's the thing that I love about you guys, because listeners, you know, I don't know how much you remember what I've said about um, my background prior to running this podcast network, but I came from being a company. I still have this company. I just only do really, really big projects now because my full-time job is running this network, but I came from the field of working with mental health agencies, treatment centers, you know, everything's steeped in this mental health field, helping these agencies get on and find good electronic health record systems. You can't run a treatment center, mental a mental health center without one. And it is just, it has run rampant in this industry to have horrible ones out there, not only horrible, a horrible program or an outdated program, but also the people running, you know, that organization, not 
caring, just being about profit, not at all, you know, with a background in the field of mental health and really just not caring about who it is they're creating this for. So my job was to go out there and I did a lot of speaking at national conferences about this. Um, And I mean, at one point I was working with multiple agency networks that, you know, needed to all get on the same system. So I come from that world and I did my podcast as a side job. And then the podcast, of course, you know, grew into what it grew into. And your company, Zen Charts, actually came to me and said, hey, we really, you know, love what you're doing with your podcast. Can we, you know, work with you and advertise on your show? And I that wasn't even a thought in my head. I was like, what? Someone will actually help me pay for this great hobby that I love that's about advocacy. I mean, that's how we got together. And of course, the first thing I said to you guys was, well, listen, I'm like known as the one that rips EHR vendors apart from like the who's in the company to what the software is. So it better be darn good. And we went through our paces. And of course, then charts is amazing. Otherwise, it would never, you know, be a part of, you know, so big a part of what we do, but that's my background. So it's, you know, it's exciting that I get to work with you guys and see how you've evolved in the, I guess, maybe three years now that we've been working together. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm proud of you guys and uh, you, you personally, your, your fight in this whole mission. So, um, uh, but I'm also on our side, uh, we have an unbelievable team. Yeah, people you that really are here do. that work with us. Yeah, and they're all part of the, they're all part of the cause. And um, you know, they're here. They're here because they want to do. You know, they want to make a better product. So uh, you know, our management team is my son, myself, and uh, Rick Glasser, who is my son's best friend from high school. Uh, we dump all of our money back into product development. Yep. So everything that we do is to make this like, like we want to be, the, we want to like, we want to be like Apple of EHR uh, right. in the mental health space. You know, we want to, we want to be more people and, and the industry in and of itself to benefit so greatly that they feel like these guys have made a major impact in our space. That's the great thing that I've heard Rick say this. I've heard you say this. I've heard Sean say this, that you guys say, hey, if what we do helps our competition do a better job at what they do, that's fine. And I love that. It's the same thing I've said. Look, you know, right now we're the only mental health podcast network in the world. But you know what? If one of them opens up tomorrow, fantastic. That's more people talking about mental health. So why would I be bothered by that? It, it would be a compliment. So I love that because that's, that shows that you really do actually care. You're not just in this, you know, for financial gain or, you know, whatever. So, um, one of the quotes that you had sent me and, you know, something that you, you talked about, I want to read this to everyone. Steve Jobs spoke about the idea that when companies become successful and big, they tend to have two types of people in the company, the product people and the sales and marketing people. You've got some thoughts on this. So tell us, you know, more about that. I know we just covered a little bit of that about that, but I want to get into that a little bit deeper. Yeah. Well, you know, um, well, obviously Steve Jobs is like, I mean, 
one of my heroes. He he's right, just he saw things that most people didn't see. And um, you know, one of the things he was saying is that look, you have to be careful as you as you get bigger because you're going to have two factions of people in your company, the product people and then your sales and marketing people. And what happens is in order to grow, the sales and marketing people are the ones that kind of take over and they push the, the product people to the side. Yeah. So we're really dedicated to not allowing that to happen. We want to make sure that. Um, so I, I also heard uh, uh, Zuckerberg say, we make money we earn money in order to build a better product so yeah. the money as we you, you follow me we're earning mm -hmm. money but that's it's in order for us to build a better product there's nothing wrong with with earning money and making money uh especially in this field you know a lot of times people think oh you should never make money in the you know mental health field well that's crock of all people have to eat you know, even in the exactly. mental health field. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, but unfortunately, we, we, you know, we got inundated, you know, in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, as we moved from, you know, funding sources moved from grant and aid to uh, managed care. And right. as the grant and aid dried up, managed care really created opportunities for the private sector. Um, but with that, also came you know some of the some of the nonsense so people you know billing and crazy I, amounts of money and insurance and you know just yeah. you know really real nonsense so and then of course you know on the, on the addiction side the addiction treatment side um now you don't know is this guy really clean and sober you know are, are right. they here for the right reasons are they doing um, are they patient brokering are they this exactly you know, yeah, how is this I've, all coming down? Exactly. I mean, I've said it, you know, we we were offered a really nice big fat check from an addiction treatment organization. And I shook my hands as I licked the envelope to mail it back and not take it. And a week later, they were raided by the FBI for or not the FBI. They wow. were raided by the police for patient brokering. And I was like, oh, thank God I did not ever allow them to be a sponsor <laughs> of our network. But, you know, yeah. that happens all over the place. But even just, you know, in the EHR field, I one of the biggest parts of my speeches have been, listen, there are companies out there that did an excellent job in the beginning. And then they did what so many EHR companies do. They grew sales hungry and yep. then they lost their way when it came to development and support. And it's sad when that happens. I know who they are. It's so it's almost impossible to dig yourself out of that hole once you get yep. there. And it's the money that blinds them. Yeah. You know, in the beginning for us, it's it's funny because we were so excited about the things that we were building and how we were changing this. And um, so in the beginning, it kind of hurt us a little bit because um, we were changing stuff sometimes too quick for the, for our customers to even, you know, like we'd put a change out and then the next day, uh, we'd have customers going, what happened? <laughs> you know, like what, what is this? So, uh, we eventually ended up, you know, now we have three different uh, branches, but, um, you know, the, the one branch stays the same and people just that now have a great product. 
but uh, we're about to launch uh, this first quarter. We're about to launch some like crazy, you know, really, really good features. So I'm really pumped about it. And, you know, the thing that's important about this with you as a listener, so you're someone that goes and you get mental health treatment somewhere, you have to understand, A, and this is part of the talks that I would give, A, you know, you're putting the most personal details about your life, your mental health. It's not like you're talking about bunions here. You're talking about your mental health. You're talking about your struggles with addiction. And all of that information is getting typed into a system that is holding those records. And my biggest beef when I would do my talks is you need to care about what those agencies that you're visiting are using. Because if the people that created that technology are shady, um, treat other people, their competition horribly, um, do all, you know, all kinds of things that are not in the best interest of the patient, well, your grandma's records and yours are sitting in there and that's your most basic personal information. And that should scare everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is factual. That worries me as well. So when we look at, you know, I mean, always there's you know, business is business and they there's, you know, this ugly side of it in any industry where you can really you know, get attacked by people that want to steal your thunder. Even even when that's not what you're about, it doesn't mean that's not what another company can be about. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the fact that you're in the middle of a lawsuit and, um, you know, and what, what that's been like for you guys. I know, of course, because we've talked about it, but what about, you know, this is your chance again to, you know, put your voice around what that's been like for you and what it's about. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was a bit of a shock to me, to be honest with you, because yeah, as a social worker, you don't, you know, I've had people come up to me now and they go, oh, yeah, I heard you're in a lawsuit and oh, welcome to the business world. And, you know, right. if you think this is the last one, don't even think that. Like, I don't get that. You know, this is a genre that we're here to help people, and yeah. uh, it's a field of of helping. And uh, to to be doing this stuff is like to me is like the most ludicrous thing ever. I but, even said to you, "Welcome to the next level of success." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I go okay, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, and that's exactly what it is. So, but here's the thing: is that you know, my dad. Okay, so as a teenager, yeah, I was pretty rebellious. But one of the things my dad, uh, you know, my dad, when I when I was going to jail, when I got in trouble, my dad looked me in the eye and he said, you have got to learn and you have got to be held accountable for your actions. The things that you did were unacceptable. And he was really, he was annoyed that his name, Callahan, was now in this negative light and he Mm. said you need to clean this up and i think about that today and i'm like these guys dropped the ball and then in turn because we're we are literally you know uh they 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 decided to sue us after we sent a cease and desist uh to them they send us a, a a lawsuit this is a couple of years into our business 
and they decide, oh, you brought us in so that you could see what we do and steal our product. What a load of crap. I mean, you know what? Look yourself in the mirror. Take, you know, take an inventory of yourself. Where did you drop the ball? How could you have done better and do better for your other customers? Right. That's really the bottom line. And, and, you know, I get it. They bring their business, you know, they run their Black Friday specials and happy tax Christmas and, you know, all kinds of just really ridiculous stuff. So, right. um, but that's their, that's their game. You know, they, they've been taken over by the sales and marketing portion. They've pushed out their the developers, the people that built that product, they pushed them out. I mean, I mean, I have no idea what, you know, whether it was peaceful or, <laughs> or right. vengeful or whatever, but they're no longer there. So I just, I don't get it. Um, you know, you're never going to have a great product unless you have great product people. And, exactly. You know, yeah. And those so, aggressive tactics are so against what this entire field is about. And, you know, let it be known. I just want to make sure we're emphatic about this. They came after you. You did not yeah. go after them. They came after you. Yeah. And in my opinion, from the outside, what it looked like to me was, okay, well, we're not doing well, meaning this other company. So we're going to make sure that our competition doesn't do well either by suing them so that it yeah. looks like they're um, shady or whatever like we are. And that then um, is going to put them in a questionable light. So we're not going to do well, but na 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 they're not going to yeah. either because we do this. And that is so childish. We're talking uh, about mental health. I mean, what on who on earth would do this in this kind of an industry? It makes me sick to my stomach. And I know I sound yeah. like a Pollyanna here, but it absolutely does. Yeah. And, you know, and we, you know, we kept our mouths shut, like for a long time. We just yeah. didn't say anything. We just kept working, kept our heads down. And then finally we said, you know what, who's copying who? And so we put out this, we have a little timeline of product releases. We, we came out right out of the gate within a CRM. It took them, that was June, 2015. It took them to January, 2018 to put a CRM as part of their process. And now they're banging people over the head to pay for it. So we built it into as our product, as part of our product. Um, you know, if you if you kind of go to our website, you can even see we, you know, our treatment plan builder, April 2016. They did theirs November 2016. Treatment objective tools, uh, we did a June 2015. They didn't do theirs until November 2016. Signature Wiz, uh, same thing. 2016, they didn't do theirs until 2018. So you can go down the list and see. So just because they're saying these kind of things to people and they're, and they're, and they're insinuating that we stole their product, look at the facts. Not right. even close. Not even close. And I thought it was interesting, and we can cut this out if we need to. You'll have to tell me in a second. Yeah. But yeah. when I spoke to some agencies, I didn't get copies of these things, but I saw them doing during a go-to meeting. Some agencies that had received letters that were deciding between you guys and this other product. And yep. they had received letters from treatment centers on letterhead saying on letterhead from these, you know, treatment centers saying, oh, don't buy Zen charts. It's horrible, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, well, that's yep. really 
weird. And I went and I did my own Google search and I looked up these treatment centers. None of them actually existed. The letters were actually fake. They were not real. Yeah, they were, they were, that's exactly right. They were BS. Uh, uh, the one that actually was uh, with us, none of them were ever with us, except for one of them was with us and uh, still is. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand, you know, like where did that all come from? But, and that's, you know, that's why in the beginning we kept our mouths shut because we were like, these guys are just shooting themselves in the foot, you know, like right. stick the gun, point it right at your head and bang. That's, right. that's really what they were doing. And, and because most people would look at that and go, are you serious? Are you kidding me? So, but it's gotten more aggressive. And there's also a thing called karma. But yeah, yeah they've, exactly. they've gotten more and more aggressive. And so how, you know, I mean, that's been stressful for you guys. It's stressful for your clients. It's stressful for future clients. It's been stressful for us, our network, not in any way of, oh, we shouldn't be aligned with Zen. My God, it only made us like, we're going to help them. This is awful because that's yeah. how we are. But it's been stressful in that we've been really worried about you guys, like personally and, you know, about the company. And I'm I, I'm always glad when you and I catch up and you're like, nope, we are rocking socks. And I think, okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're, we have currently over 200 agencies across the country, over 7,000 active users on a daily basis, we're basically kicking their tailbone. And, and, uh, and we're strong. And we're not going anywhere. So let's talk about, you know, how you're, how you're going to continue to handle this. I mean, you've put this out on your site. Anyone can read it. I've shared it on our social media. We're going to do a webcast about it. I, I love it how much I know this so well just because of the industry. That's why it makes such perfect sense that you guys became our first network sponsor. But because um, I, I know everything you guys are talking about. But how are you going to continue, you know, handling this aside from putting out, hey, here's a timeline right there in front yeah. of you for all to see? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's actually you know, we kind of just let the attorneys do their things. Mm -hmm. um, but probably, I think a better way to answer that question is as we, we, we just continue to put money into our development. And, um, you know, for instance, like we still use whiteboards, right? Only now we, we erase them because, you know, <laughs> last thing I wanted somebody to kind of come looking to try to see what the heck we're doing, you know, but, right. Take a picture. Um, and share but, that. but, yeah. but I'm going to, yeah, but I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you what we're doing. Um, I mean, everyone hears about AI, right? Uh, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence and probably even heard of machine learning. You hear about things like, uh, well, we see it on our phones, right? Our text messages, like they're kind of guessing what we're going to say next. Yep. And it gives offers like, that. so what we're doing is we're really looking deeper into what's called deep learning. So we're trying to, it's more of a hierarchical uh, version of learning, of machine learning. So it's AI and machine learning to the end. And it really what it does is evaluates what's going on uh, in the system, evaluates what's being inputted. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to patient safety and patient care, it starts to uh, uh, help you to, to um and it kind of helps you to verbalize and to to set yourself up with uh, with great treatment plans, with great um, you know uh, 
direction uh, with your client. So there's like, there's a lot of like little things that we're like really looking deeper and deeper into uh, interoperability that, uh, I mean, one thing I'm like super proud. There are eight different providers, including us, that got together in June at the West Coast Symposium. And we said, we want to work together. We want to make this uh, our product better for for all people. And uh, patient safety is our utmost uh, importance. We want to make sure that um, that our systems can talk to each other, especially in addiction treatment. So if a person goes to say detox, they're in detox and they're using system A. They now get transferred out and they're going to go to a residential program that's not affiliated with that detox. Right. How do you get that information over to that, you know, the residential program? Um, interoperability, uh, being able to, to, to find out ER visits, x-rays, uh, Medication. you know, you know, medications, all these different things. So, so we're working together. It's a slow process, but uh, we're committed to making it happen. And so are the other, uh, the other uh, tech companies in our field, except for those guys, you know, except for the sales guys. <laughs> I invited them. They were invited, but they, you know, they got one thing on their mind. It's, uh, well, maybe it's two dollars and cents. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. using no sense in, uh, in going exactly. after those dollars and cents, you know, in exactly. the end, you guys will prevail. Um, it, it definitely, you know, it definitely shows your metal that you've stuck it out because I knew what was going on long before you ever made it public. And uh, yeah. when you sent me the um, anybody can go to your website, zencharts.com and, you know, look for the article that we're talking about. We're going to do an article about it as well. And you can see right there, you know, not in black and white in beautiful color. One of the best yeah. things modeled very much like what your system looks like. It is the most beautiful UI I've seen in an EHR even still. And I've worked with all of them. So, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's right. getting better. Wait till you, wait till you see 3.0. You, you know, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. First quarter, wait. you're gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna die. It's awesome. I can't wait. Well, Dan, I'm glad that you wanted to do this. You know, we're, you know how I am. I'm a big one for let's really get to the underbelly of things and talk about really what's going on. Let's be authentic. Let's not hide because yep. that does not help in this industry and it does not help in terms of patient treatment and recovery. So I'm really glad that you wanted to do this. And I'm so proud of you guys for putting up this page on your site and just laying out the facts right there for the world to see. I mean, that, that takes some guts. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And I want to well, appreciate the, <laughs> appreciate the time. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listeners, please check out Zen charts. I mean, of course we would be aligned with a company called Zen, something to do with the word Zen. So go to zencharts.com. Amazing people that work there that care about where you're putting your most private, intimate details of your life. And, um, and really just, you know, knowing that when you get a product like this, and you implement it in your treatment center, your mental health organization, um, that the people that you call to get support actually care about 
you know, what's going on. You're one of the founders, Dan, and you're the one doing a ton of the training. So that's nice too. There's no like layer like there is with this other company where you've got sales and then you've got this whole separate entity behind the green curtain. No, when they call, they're talking to, you know, people that have founded this company or deep partners with the company. So that that's unique also in the industry. So I applaud you for that as well. Thank you. Thanks. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this very special edition of Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. But never without good intentions I heat up and act on my emotions Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. All we promised we'd be cordial Sometimes in you I can find it Good boy